Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another episode of the Wednesday Hawani Show. And it's UFC 256 week. Yes, the final pay-per-view of 2020. What a year it has been. So we'll talk all about that on today's show. we got some breaking news. we got a lot to get to. But before we get to all of that, I do want to let you know about ESPN Daily, the podcast. What a great show this is. Hosted each and every day, Monday through Friday, by the one and only Pablo Torre. I love Pablo. He's great. What a lovely guy. I miss seeing him at the seaport. Anyway, he hosts that show Monday through Friday, and over at the ESPN Daily Podcast, they cover the biggest sports stories of the day. Every day, Monday through Friday. Have I said it's Monday through Friday? It's five days a week, for God's sakes. It's amazing. It's a great listen, and if you want to be a smarter sports fan, I strongly suggest you check out the ESPN Daily Podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. All right, on to today's program, which may contain some language that's not suitable for all audiences, so listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life on this Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Helwani Show. We have arrived, my friends. It is the final UFC pay-per-view fight week of 2020. The last pay-per-view of the year goes down this Saturday. Of course, there's one more show next weekend, December 19th. It was supposed to be headlined by... Hamzat Shemaya versus Leon Edwards. You know by now that fight's not happening. It's a little depressing. Let's not go over it. It is headlined by Wonderboy Thompson versus Jeff Neal, but we'll talk about that next week. For now, though, let us focus on this weekend's pay-per-view. We've got the return of Figgy, 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 Can't You See? Davison Figueredo putting up his flyweight title on the line 21 days after his last fight at UFC 255. Remember, late November, he beats Alex Perez he walks out of the cage. He goes to the back. He's pissed off that he doesn't get a bonus. They ask him to fight on this card to save the day because they lost a myriad of top fights on this card. And he says, well, yeah, I'll fight, but you need to pay me. So they ended up giving him the bonus, and they put it in a bag. It was a whole nice scene with Dana White. And now he's fighting Brandon Moreno, who, by the way, fought on that same card against Brandon Royville. And now here we go. Historic stuff. A champion has never come back this quickly to defend his title, 21 days in between title fights. Now, by the way, a challenger has never come back this quickly as well. So this is historic stuff for both Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. Tony Ferguson returns, big fight for him, crossroads fight, if you will, against Charles Oliveira and Kevin Holland on this card against Jacques Ray, Junior Dos Santos against Rogan. So much to get to. Again, you can get it exclusively on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. It's available for subscribers at the very reasonable price of $64.99. Visit ESPNplus.com slash pay-per-view for details. Now, later on, I'm going to tell you about who's going to be on the show. I'm also going to tell you more about this card. But first, some breaking news. Early Wednesday morning, I reported that Anthony Rumble Johnson has mutually parted ways with the UFC and has signed with Bellator. Who saw this coming? Now, for those that don't recall, Anthony Johnson hasn't fought since April of 2017. His last fight was against Daniel Cormier at UFC 210 in Buffalo, New York. Remember that fight? Went in there, fought for the belt, rematch against Daniel Cormier, had an opportunity to finally win the title with John Jones out of the picture. And unfortunately, he got submitted rear naked choke round two after the fight at the press conference. In fact, it might have even been in the cage. Rumble said, I'm out. Rumble retired. Rumble, one of the most popular fighters at the time in the UFC, one of the hardest hitting fighters in the UFC. Everyone loved Rumble, just out of the blue, retired. Now, there were some rumors that he was going to go work for the LA Rams and, and do that sort of thing. Never came to be, but he did, you know, he, he did a little submission uh, underground for Chael P. He was seen online looking like a heavyweight doing some bodybuilding. But over the summer, we started to hear that he wanted to come back, and everyone assumed that he was coming back to the UFC. But I was told a few weeks ago, talk started, 
between the UFC and Rumble's team to mutually part ways. Why he wanted to leave, we'll find out soon. And then a deal was quickly put together to have him come over to Bellator. He's going to fight in the first half of 2021, I'm told. He's going to fight uh, at 205 for now, might fight at heavyweight. And this is a really interesting signing for Bellator because he's not viewed, in my opinion, as a UFC castoff. You know, this is the reason why they don't want to sign Yoel Romero. It's why they passed on Fabricio Verdum. It's why they passed on Paige Van Zandt. It's why they passed on Anderson Silva. But he's more like Corey Anderson in the sense that no one saw this coming. <clears throat> no one knew that he was a free agent. He doesn't seem like damaged goods, if you will, even though he's coming off a loss. And so Bellator is excited about this. I would suggest a Rumble Johnson versus Yoel Romero fight at 205 would be fascinating. Right now, they're not interested, but maybe that changes. Seems like the fans are into that. But there's some interesting fights for Rumble at 205 at heavyweight in Bellator, and it's a fresh coat of paint for him. Second departure from the UFC. Remember, he left back in 2012 when he missed weight by 11 pounds prior to that loss to Vitor Belfort in Brazil. So let's see what he's got. Rumble's still a fan favorite, and this one came out of nowhere. So I'm really curious to see how he looks when he debuts in early 2021, first half of 2021. All right, so today on the program... We're going to be focusing a lot on UFC 256. Later on in the show, we'll talk to the king of the flyweights, the face of the flyweights, the man who put the flyweight division on the map, the one and only Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse. He's going to be fighting for the one flyweight championship later next year, February 24th against Adriano Moraes. I wanted to get his thoughts on Davison Figueredo, on his career, all that stuff and more. So stay tuned for that. Always love talking to DJ. We'll also talk to Figueredo about taking this fight on three weeks' notice, on staying in Las Vegas, on his newfound fame, fighting Brandon Moreno, his beef with Henry Cejudo, all that and more. But first, let us start with a man who I have not talked to since March, Kevin Lee. Remember, Kevin Lee fought in the main event of the last show before the pandemic, although no one attended in Brazil because things were already starting. Lost to Charles Oliveira, tore both ACLs, but wants to come back. Wants to fight Khabib, wants to fight some big boys. It's always fun talking to Kevin Lee. People love talking to Kevin Lee. He's kind of a meme these days. How does Kevin Lee fit into all of this? So I wanted to catch up with the Motown phenom himself. And here is that conversation. Let us kick things off today with a man who I have not talked to in quite some time. It has been several months since we spoke to the Motown phenom himself, the one and only Kevin Lee. And I've been thinking a lot about Kevin Lee as of late, and so I wanted to catch up with him, and he's kind enough to join us here on the program once again. Kevin, thank you for doing this. How are you? Always, Ariel. I mean, it's been a while. It has, uh, but I'm healing up good, and, and everything's smooth. Everything's gravy. Okay, so let's start with there, because last time, of course, we saw you was in March against Charles Oliveira. Uh, we spoke afterwards after that fight, and I want to ask you about what we talked about, but you did also reveal that you needed knee surgery i believe you tore your acl what exactly happened and how are you feeling now uh so i really tore both acls wow um, you know i had i had that fight in march and i did want some time off after that and uh i guess that's what happened you know like uh i was training uh took a bad shot and uh my my left acl just kind of I, I felt it as soon as it like my leg bent all the way backwards um so after I had the surgery on that one, repaired it, going through the rehab, three months later, blew out my right ACL, just kind of, I just kind of tripped over a cord on that one. And uh, I guess just from all the years of fighting and everything, it, it, it was already ready to go and uh, going through both knee surgeries. Wow. Wait, so when was the first knee surgery? In May. May 1st was, a, was the first date. The and, second and date was, was August 15th. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and I've heard that if you tear one ACL, unfortunately, there's a good chance that you'll tear the other because you're overcompensating. Do you think that's what happened? Yeah, that's what happened with the second one. I was just overcompensating for it. And honestly, I was trying to like come back too fast, you know, like, like the doctors and everything was telling me it's going to be six months minimum before I'm able to move around like normal. So, uh, I was putting a lot of pressure on my right leg to kind of take over for, for the left. And uh, that, I guess it, it, they set me back down, you know, by, by blowing out the second one. But now I'm, I'm at the stage where it's healed enough to where I, I just got done with a run right now. So uh, I, I'm healed enough that I can start running and, and hopefully I should be able to start fighting again soon. Okay. And, and just to be clear, the first ACL, did you tear it in the Oliveira fight? 
No, but but I think it was some damage done to it. Um, my knee did kind of get caught in a funky position up in there. Um, so I think I probably did damage it, and then I tore it just kind of doing something stupid during training. Okay. It wasn't even like real training. It was more so just me playing around. So realistically, when do you think you could come back? So they they telling me I could start sparring again, maybe late January. Um, so that means I, I'll probably try and go into a training camp in February, uh, fight in maybe April or May, something like that. That soon after April. two ACL surgeries? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 still a superhero. What you mean? <laughs> I'm still gonna do this. Okay. You know, they telling me I'm, I'm I'm not, but as far as the timeline in my head, that that's where I'm at. You know, um, I'm healing fast. Like I'm already back running. So my my I got some kind of mini goals that I'm setting right now. I want to try and get a half marathon done before the end of the year is up. And uh, and once I'm able to do that, focus on my cardio, and then I, and then I should start training again. Okay. Now after the fight, I remember we spoke, and it did seem like for a minute there you were considering taking an extended time off. Like you weren't really quite sure about your future. How do you feel about your future in the sport now? Yeah, I mean, it's fucking crazy that that's the way things play out um, because I did feel like I needed a time off. I needed to, to kind of uh, reinvent myself or, or see what I'm really doing it for, you know? Like I, I kind of was getting over it a little bit. And the fact that I haven't been able to throw a punch since I've had these surgeries, so it's been maybe like seven, eight months, like, I'm going fucking crazy. Like, I, I hate this shit. Like, I just want to fight again. And I just want to be able to train again, at least. So it's kind of as crazy as it is. I think it's going to I'm going to come out on the better end of this. I'm going to come out exactly what I was looking for. I'm ahead of time off and uh, and kind of find my love for the sport back. Like, I, I purposely stayed out the gyms. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a PI just doing my, my rehab, but I'm not in no boxing gyms. I'm not in no wrestling gyms. I'm not none of that. And, uh, and it's making me miss it a lot. So when I do come back, I, I'm, I'm going to be a whole different beast. So to be clear, you are going to come back and you do feel like you have that love again for the sport. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% going to come back. Um, okay. Even when I said I needed the time off, I still was going to come back. I just uh, I just felt like I needed the time off. I felt like I was I, I kept a crazy schedule, you know, like I had six five round fights in two years. I had a lot of more cards in that same period than anybody else. So it was it was kind of like. I, I was getting a little burnt out, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, I needed the time off anyway. I didn't want to have no fucking surgeries to do it. You know, sure. I, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to do it on my own, but I guess, uh, I guess that's the way things happen. So, okay. And, and have you decided, I know it's a little bit early, but have you decided, will it be 170 or 155? 155 for sure. Um, okay. I mean, it's still a lot of unfin unfinished business going up there. Um, so yeah, 155 right now I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to focus on getting my cardio right. Once I get the cardio right, doing long runs, shit that I used to do that I haven't done in a long time, uh, the weight should fall off pretty good. I think it was the, the, the day that Habib won and retired, you posted a picture of the belt. Yeah. Yeah. Why'd you do that? That's the goal. That's the goal. That's mine now. Um, especially with, with, with Khabib retiring, it's, it's for sure it's mine. And, you know, I've been trying to go after Khabib for years and all this, but, but after seeing his last two fights, uh, he would have beat me. He would have beat me the way I was like, I, I would have wore myself out. Um, his cardio is just, it, it would have just, he would have beat me not skill for skill, skill for skill. I don't think there's a man on, on the planet that could beat me, but with the way that I was and the way that I was training and just kind of killing myself, uh, he, he would have beat me. So now I got a, I, I got a different goal in, in mind and, in. I know that that belt gonna be mine as long as everything's a one. So I mean, you're you're really, and this is like how the whole thing started. Like you're one of the few guys who's ever called out Habib, and you were calling him out before he was even champion, before it was cool to call him out. If in fact he does stay retired, will it bum you out that you never got a chance to fight him? Yeah, but he gonna come back. He gonna come back. He'll come back for one or two of them, uh, and it's just my uh, job to be the one that he going to come back for, you know, I got to get big enough to where he's going to come back for. Um, I ain't really had a, like you said, I, I, I've i been kind of staying away from everything, been shying away from everything. It's kind of an old Detroit mentality, kind of stay down until you come up. And uh, my last like come up season was like 2017 where, where I really kind of had my flexing season. So the next one, the next one, I'll make sure that, that I give him something to shoot for. He, he, he's still got that fire in him too. I know it. So, 
I just got to give him something to shoot for. So I got a lot of work to do to put in for that. So is that part of the goal, like to be at a point when he comes back, you're the guy, and then you finally get that fight? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and I think it's it's, it's very very fucking realistic, and it's it's really gonna happen. Um, you know, a lot of guys don't don't blow up until they're thirty. So I I still got some I still got some time to to, to do that. How old are you now? Twenty eight. That's crazy, man. I feel because I feel like you've been around forever. You're still under thirty. It's an amazing thing. And uh, and if you can't get Habib, maybe still Islam. Is he still on the hit list? Yeah, I mean, Islam is gonna be the ones I got to go through in order to get that to make that happen. Uh, you know, I, I saw him in the in the PI and before when he was getting ready to fight RDA and he bitched out. So uh, yeah, that's definitely still that's definitely still in the books. There's a lot of guys. Like honestly, I'm not really focused on no opponents right now. Right now, you know, it's all about just trying to get healthy and and, and get back. Because once I'm back, I, I don't feel like anybody can stop me. And I feel like I'm gonna give some new life to the game. The game been missing me. The game been missing me. I've been missing it. So I can't wait to be back. It's a beautiful thing. L- let me ask you, what happened with Islam at the PI? Nothing really. Well, you just said you just said he. Uh... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you just brought it up. I didn't even know about it. Are those books behind you real? Yes, they're as real the as it gets. Yes. You read all them? You, you read all them? That's you don't awesome. believe me? You, you don't got, believe that I can read got, all this? You, you got Art of War back there somewhere? Uh, I have so many things. So, so if you read if if you read Art of War, then you know you know what me and Islam was talking about. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> could I ask uh, this weekend, two guys who you fought, Charles Oliveira and Tony Ferguson are fighting. Who do you think yep. wins that fight? How, how would you break that down? So Tony's got uh better stand up, and Oliveira's better on the ground for sure. Um, so Tony really should win it, you know, because Oliveira is not that great of a wrestler. But once you like look at momentum, you look at age, you look at the damage that Tony's taken in his last couple fights, I, I'm all that looks good in Oliveira's favor. So I'm kind of leaning towards Oliveira, but really Tony should win it. He, he's got he's got more skill standing up, and he should be able to dictate where the fight take place. Uh, if it goes to the ground, he might be in a little more trouble. But but uh, I don't know. It's 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 hard to make a prediction on that one. Like they they they're really fucking similar. Mm. When when I fought both of them, like they they're really similar. But uh, if you put a gun in my head and make me choose, I'm gonna say Oliver. Mm, interesting. Uh, is there any part of you that thinks that the the, the damage that Ferguson took in the Gaethje yeah. fight will change him forever? I, I seem to think that a lot of people are saying that right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I saw him getting old as soon as we fought. You know, right right after we fought, and he and he fought Pettis. Uh, even though he won that fight with Pettis, he he looked a little older. He looked a little slower. Um, and it's just kind of continued on from there. You know, you, you kind of don't go back up at, at his age. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he doesn't have the momentum on his side. That's for sure. Wait, are you trying to say Kevin Lee aged Tony Ferguson? Is that what you're trying to say in a roundabout way? <laughs> I mean, people have said that he humbled me. So uh, maybe me and him did a little trade-off, you know? Okay. We good friends now. All right. By the way, speaking of Olivera. That's, that's a fight I want back. That's a fight I want back. Let me say that for sure. Okay. Both of them. Both of them. Which one more? Which one eats at you more? Tony. Why? Tony, for sure. I want Tony to win so that I can fight him again. That was the fight that kind of like set all this all this bullshit off for me. What bullshit? Of me like burning myself out. You know, I burnt myself out in that fight. And uh, it, it happened again during the Oliveira fight. And I, and I felt like it was it, it's kind of the same demon that came up in, in the Tony fight. So to, to fight Tony again would be like conquering that demon that, that, uh, that I got to get over. Is, so and when you say fun. burn yourself out, do you mean like in the, in the gym and training or somewhere else? Both during the, in, in the gym, uh, just went way too hard for no reason. Um, didn't really train the smartest when I look back on it and during the fight itself. I mean, I was on 10 that whole fight, uh, and I'm on 10 a lot, but, but for that one is in, in particular. And, uh, and I've kind of carried that over into some of my training camps since then, too. The last training camp that I'll say I worked really smart for and not just killed myself in the gym was uh, when I fought Barboza. So, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's something there that, that I want to get back for sure. 
by the way, that Oliveira fight, it's a crazy one to look back to because it was the last one before, you know, the pandemic, right? That before everything mm-hmm. shut down. Looking back, was that even in the back of your mind? Any of the, I mean, I know obviously the fans, you know, couldn't attend and it was it was raging, but like how crazy was that week? Because it's 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 a fight card that I think everyone will remember because it was the last one before everything changed. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, even just to look back on it, like I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 even hard to to say because it was so like all over the place and even my mind was so scattered and all over the place um yeah it was just it was just it's a fucking crazy start to the year and it's been a crazy year like not even just for me for the whole world so so yeah that was definitely that's definitely one i'm gonna remember for forever probably uh, i'd be remiss if i don't ask you about conor mcgregor versus dustin poirier also in your weight class how do you yeah. feel about that fight i mean Connor gonna do what he gonna do. He's gonna go out there, he's gonna smoke Dustin again. You know, Dustin kind of already giving it to him. So it's like, man, it be getting the easy shit, I swear. So some guys, some guys get the easy shit. So I'm not not to say like Dustin's an easy fight by any means, but somebody that you already kind of smoke is like, you know, that you know, I fought on the undercard of their of their first fight. Uh and you can see it before that fight, like Dustin ain't had no chance. So I see it again in this one. Like Dustin really don't have a chance. What What do you so, mean by he already gave it to him? He already gave it to him. Like he already like, I mean, he already damn near kneeling in front of him. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of when Connor fought the the one kid, the uh, Brandau, Diego Brandau, and uh, you know he's kneeling to him in in the fucking cage. I feel like Dustin's gonna do the same thing. So if you already lost. You know, and half of these fights you lose, you lose way before the fight even take place. So I feel like you already lost. You, we mentioned Khabib and Tony. Would Connor be on that, you know, list that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Connor getting it. Come on. Like, what? That's, you know, Dana already know. I mean, the entire UFC already know. They just been waiting on me to get up there to, to make that fight happen. So uh, that that's one that's never going away. Me and Connor got to get it. Okay. Uh, by the way, how long was just, just for the fun, just for the fun of the build up and the, and and once we get out of all this COVID shit and and we able to do press conferences and we able to do like back into the media and stuff like oh man, it's gonna be fun. Um, all right. Well, it's been great to catch up with you, Kevin. So to recap, two ACL surgeries, but you're hoping to come back mid 2021. 155. You got a lot of people on the hit list. Habib's coming back. Islam, Ferguson, Connor. You want the big dogs when you come back. You got the samurai tattoo on your head. You got the long hair. Let's go. 2021 Motown Phenom. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Read all them books, baby. All right. Thank you, Kevin. All the best to you and good luck with the recovery. All right. Thanks, Ariel. Appreciate it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, and now let us say hello to the reigning, defending UFC flyweight champion, the one and only Davison Figueredo, who we last saw two and a half weeks ago, successfully defend his title against Alex Perez, and he is back. And and it's history, by the way. This is the quickest turnaround for a UFC champion ever. It will be 21 days when he headlines UFC 256 this Saturday against Brandon Moreno. There he is alongside the one and only Valid Ishmael again. Guys, thank you so much for the time. And Davison, how are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Good. You too. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, now he starts to speak English. This is great. <laughs> I like it. You're spending some time in Las Vegas. Now you're starting to learn English. This is big. Yes, yes. I, I learned a little bit. 
He's, he's a good time in Vegas. He learned, yes. Okay, so we have a lot to talk about, Davison. I want to ask you first this. You beat Alex so Perez two and a half weeks ago. You walk out of the octagon. How soon do they come up to you with the idea of fighting Brandon Moreno? Did you know about this even before the fight that it was a possibility? Or did someone come up to you backstage and how soon after the fight? You know, I watched Brandon Moreno fight. And he saw when Brandon Moreno, in the end of the fight, asking for the belt. And this is not making him happy. And when he's finished the fight, he challenged Brandon Moreno, hey, you want my belt? Come get my belt. He challenged him in the end of the fight, challenged Brandon Moreno. When he get out of the octagon, the, this I call, Hunter come to me, hey, he want to fight Brandon Moreno in December? And they asking him, you want to fight Brandon Moreno? He called his nutritionist, Dr. Dr. Leah in Brazil. She said, hey, have no problem. You can, you're in shape. You, you weight yours is great. And they say, okay, let's go do it. Let's go make history. And he continued to challenge and they were ready to fight on Saturday. And they say, but just three in Sabado, first of all, on the final. No. Yeah, and he was ready to fight. Brandon Moreno Saturday. Okay, but correct me if I'm wrong. At the post-fight press conference that night, you didn't seem happy. They didn't give you a bonus. You deserved a bonus. And and Valid even said you were considering going back home. You didn't want to fight. So how did you get over that? Because it was wrong. You deserved a bonus that night. You know, I watched all the UFC fights on this on that night. I saw I gave a great show for the for the public. You know what I mean? I saw I deserve the bones of the night. You know, when not giving me, I just want to go home and relax with my family. But everybody saw Dan White coming. This is my word. It's not said that. Dan White coming and give it to him. But I told him, don't worry. You have see, I will take care of you good. And he's going to continue to take care of you. My words, because the people sometimes say, but let you translate. Now I'm going to say what he said and what I think separate mm-hmm. uh so so when you met with dana what was that meeting like a few days later you know after we accepted the fight he marked a, a meeting between me him hunter was together mick was together sean was together because mick in his hometown not was here mm-hmm. and he comes say hey i want to fix my mistake because what your performance was wonderful and and give the bonus for him. And he was very happy. He, this motivated him even more to give a great show next Saturday. Mm. <clears throat> this is his word. Mm. <laughs> and my word is, you know, that might fix his, the, the mistake. You know what I mean? He saw he deserved the bonus and give the surprise for him. It was a big surprise for him. And he was very happy. Like ours, we have seen tweeted the fighters. You know what I mean? Treat really good. Is it possible that because they wanted to fix the mistake, they actually gave you more than the $50,000 just to, to sweeten the pot? Did you get more? Because that was a big bag. <laughs> I saw him holding a big bag there. Was it? <laughs> no, I tell the truth. You know, was just the 50, 50 gram. Okay. But he wanted more now because he's going to give a show for everybody. Okay. But now is my word. Yeah. He's going to bring back the excitement, he bring back where the excitement of the flyweight division. This guy here make the flyweight division excited because he promised what he's going to do and he always do it. This very impressed. And we, when they say he cannot complain because always UFC take care of him well. Even the, first, the another fight, I say, hey, this guy always gave a good show for you guys. And the bonus come even better. You know what I mean? My side, always he was the care. You, he is treated very good, very well by UFC. So it's interesting that you say that because a couple of weeks ago I said that Davison Figueredo saved the flyweights. A lot of people give Henry this credit, and Henry took exception with me saying that. He said, "Oh no, 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 I saved the flyweights." But my issue with Henry is the moment he beat TJ, he never came back. He left and he didn't yes. come back. This guy is defending the title. He's headlining shows and whatnot. So I'm curious, what does Davison think about what Henry is saying that he saved the flyweights when in reality, I think 
Davison Figueredo is the man who brought the flyweights back from almost extinction. You know, for him, Emerson Cerrudo talk a lot shit. You know what I mean? He's, for him, Chato. Chato is like a clown, like a... For him, like, no, the guy keep it talk. It's like a creek. You know what I mean? How, how, how can you say? You know what I mean? Like, like the guy is bored. Like, say a lot of shit for everybody. You know what I mean? Want to bring the attention. What he really want is one day he can knock out Henry Cerrudo. This is what he wanna, you know what I mean? Even yesterday, I'll talk about the, the, the baddest motherfucker belt, lembra que tu falou ontem? Aquele o cinturão, o cinturão do cara mais mal, dos pesos ah, leves. Sim, é. Yesterday, he gave the interview for Marcelo Alonso, he said, I wanna do the belt, the bad motherfuckers, how to say the belt? How the, yeah, how BMF. The, belt? BMF. BMF. the BMF with Cerrudo. Because ah. Cerrudo, Talk a lot of shit. Let's go do BMF for the lightweights. Let's go bring the attention for the lightweight division. Because yesterday he said, Henry Rudo cannot get 125. He's too fat right now. You know what I mean? And let's go the BMF belt for the lightweights. But now one thing he said, he said right now, he want to be the champion from the flyway for a long, long time. He want to bring back the excitement for the flyaway division. Show the world the power he has. He want to have everybody watch him fight on Saturday. Now, my notes, I talk, eu falo. Mm -hmm. This Saturday is a historic Saturday. The first time a champion going to defend his belt in 21 days. I tell the people, if you want to be part of the history of UFC, buy the pay-per-view. Because this is going to be a war. This is going to be a great fight. This is my note. Mm. Mm. I love and, and for you, I don't want to look past Brandon, but one of your goals in 2021, would it be to get Henry Cejudo, to fight Henry Cejudo? Is that atop his list of goals for next year if everything goes well on Saturday? You know, the baddest motherfucker, BMF, he has mm -hmm. BMF belt. is one thing he want to fight. He want to beat Cejudo. He focused in the Saturday with Moreno, tá focado no Moreno sábado, but for sure next year he wanna do the BMF fight for the lightweight against Henry Cerrudo because he talk a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now what about the weight? The, the fact that you have to cut weight twice in the span of three weeks, how do you feel about that and, and how's the weight cut going this time around? You know, I'm very focused. I just won on Friday get the weight, beat the weight, and come back uh, eat like a tiger. Because mm. he's a tiger. He's a beast. And the fight with his heart. This is my note. Mm. Fight with, this, with his heart and his soul on Saturday. Could I ask how much does he weigh now? This morning, 61.6 kilograms. 61.6 kilograms. Okay, so that's a 135 pounds. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pounds. great. It was, was one pound less for the last time. Uh, in, in the, the fight last time, Joe Rogan said that he thought Davison looked like he was 150 pounds in the cage. <laughs> How much does he weigh when he actually fights? And in case you don't know, 150 is around 68 kilograms. How much, How much does he weigh when he actually fights the next day? Uh, in the day of the fight, he has 65 kilograms. 65. Okay. So 143. Wow. So 18 yeah. pounds he gains. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yes. That is amazing. Yes. Um, you know, last time we spoke, Davison, you talked about, you know, spending some money in Las Vegas and, and, and Bali's money and stuff. <laughs> Now I see you, you've been there two and a half weeks. You're getting haircuts and a Louis Vuitton robe. You're with the Louis Vuitton bag. You've got the amazing jumpsuits. How much money are you spending every day over there in Las Vegas? I mean, it seems like you're really living a good life over there, my friend. He understands that the answer. Yes, spending money. No much, no much. Five thousand. No much. It was just this Sunday. In my note right now, you know, we just got out on Sunday. Just one day, you know what I mean? He mm. cannot even have the time to spend nothing. <laughs> okay. We, on Sunday, we have a 
great day, go to the shopping mall, go to everything, go to horse. We go to Hermes to a horse. Okay. <laughs> <The> horse. <laughs> you know, we are Caboclo. We are Caboclo. From the horse to Hermes, Louis Vuitton, we're back and forth. And after mo Sunday, Monday to for today is focus. De segunda para cá, está focado. Yeah. His determination is Moreno. O foco é o Moreno. But now, focus is Moreno, Brendo Moreno. And you know, for you, Davison, everyone, you know, it's funny. Last time we spoke, I asked you if you're the fighter of the year 2020. Valid said, good question. That was before the Alex Press fight. Now, 3 0, about to be maybe 4 0, making history. If you went on Saturday, no question, right? Like you, you are the fighter of the year. And that's an amazing thing. Everyone agrees. How would you describe 2020 for you? A year ago, not a lot of people know who you are. You win the belt. And unfortunately, you lost your grandfather. So it's a mix of emotions, right? But so many people have experienced such, you know, hardship in 2020. But for you, this has been a dream year in many respects. If I ask you, how do you describe 2020? What would you say? <laughs> you know, the, the year was great. He he won he won the belt, he beat Alex Perez. He he gonna beat uh, Moreno on Saturday, and for sure he wanna be the fighter of the year. He gonna be you know he deserve to be the fighter of the year, and for sure he wanna a big gift for UFC because he now my note mm. he bring back the excitement of the flyweight division. Now the people gonna start to buy the pay-per-view more and more. And he deserve a piece. This is what he said. Mm. If I would have told you this time last year, December 2019, if I would have told you that this year would have played out like this, potentially four victories, the belt, all that stuff, would you have believed me? No, but they're gonna give in the in the God's hand, you know what mm. I mean? And everything play out well. What do you think of Brandon Moreno? It seems like, you know, he, he was saying some things about you uh, after his last victory. He's kind of poking you a little bit. How do you feel about Brandon Moreno? You know, the beef between him and Moreno start after his first fight against Benavides. Mm. Because Moreno started to criticize, criticize him about not get the weight. And this make him peace. Not was a good moment. And he started to talk shit about him. And after he beat Benavides, he continued to talk and make him really mad against Breno Moreno. But now he's going to show Breno Moreno. He's going to kick his ass on Saturday. You know what I mean? He's going to show Breno Moreno he is the real champion for the flyweight division. And he stopped to talk shit. He's going to stop to talk shit after Saturday. Uh, knockout or submission? What does he envision? I'm going to put him down. I'm going to submit him okay. for sure. Okay. Uh, two last quick things. If I offered you Cody Garbrandt or Henry Cejudo after this fight, which one interests good you or bet. someone else? Which one interests <laughs> you more? You're good. Thank you for Cody or Henry Cejudo, na mesma balança. O que você queria? O que você quer? Ah, lutaria com o R.C. Ruda, é um cara que fala muito e eu tô criando uma grande expectativa aí para fechar a boca dele de uma vez por só. You know, for sure, R.C. Ruda, he hmm. talk a lot of shit and I'm ready to shut up, shut up his mouth. You know what I mean? Now's the time to somebody shut his mouth up. You know what I mean? To silence R.C. Ruda and he gonna do that. Okay. And uh, lastly, I, I saw on the embedded, even Valid sent me the video. You did your hair in Las Vegas. It looks good. Let's see the hat. Under the hat. What do you think? I mean, you're... you know, I just dyed the hair now, but on Saturday, everybody's going to see the mark of the warrior, the okay. god of war on Saturday. You're going to gonna be he be much more aggressive when they, he do the like the head <laughs> step in his in his hair and this make him like a god the real god of war Deutsch de Guerra <laughs> close I'm learning Portuguese you're learning English we come together yes, yes. Uh, I, I wish you the best of luck thank you 
Thank you. And, uh, I'm looking and forward tell to your name again to him. What? Uh, your name. Your name. My middle name is Danger. <laughs> your name. Dave, like you say, but fala completo. Yeah. <laughs> My name, like you say. My name is Davidson Figueiredo. I, I love it. I love it. I, danger, danger. Danger. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, yes. Thank you, brother. I just want to say one thing. Please, please. This fight on Saturday is a historic. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a war. You guys are going to see the God of War on Saturday. Buy the pay-per-view because this is a very important for the sport. Mm. Everybody loves the flyweight division right now. But the flyweight division need to show his power. And on Saturday, you can be sure. We can be sure it's a historic moment for UFC. And the big part, you just want to say, I want to say thank you for everything UFC do for him. Dan White, Hunter, Mick. Mick put him in the UFC, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's a very important person. You know, I just say thank you for everybody. And on Saturday, he's going to have a big war on UFC on December 12th. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, let's turn our attention now to Demetrius Johnson, who, like I said, one of the all-time greats, put the division, the flyweight division that is, on the map, won the first ever UFC flyweight title back in 2012, beat Joseph Benavidez, UFC 152 in Toronto, uh, went on to successfully defend that title 11 times, which is a record, and then, of course, lost to Henry Cejudo a couple years ago in a fight that many people still think that he won. Then left, got traded for Ben Askren, now is a part of one championship, has had a successful run there, and is scheduled to fight for the one flyweight title uh, on February 24th of 2021. So it's been an interesting year for DJ, still in his prime, not injured, but hasn't fought due to the pandemic. And at one, the flyweight division is actually 135, not 125. And so he had some interesting things to say about that division, the 125 division, his future at 125. And also wanted to talk to him about Davidson Figueredo and what he thinks of the new UFC flyweight champion. Because like I said to him in my conversation, which by the way, you can watch the entire thing right now on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. He will forever be the cloud hanging over the UFC flyweight division. Not in a bad way, but he's just, he's the godfather. He's the godfather of the division. He put it on the map. And I do believe that people will appreciate DJ way more when he is gone. I'm starting to sense it already that people appreciate him more. Anyway, always great to talk to him. One of my favorites, considered one of the greatest ever. There are a lot of people who consider him, John Jones, uh, Habib, GSP, Anderson. That's the conversation, maybe the, the top five, if you will. And so it was good to catch up with the man they call Mighty Mouse. Here's my conversation. All right, so a lot to talk to you about. Just found out a couple of days ago, you are finally returning to action. February 24th, 2021, you'll fight the one flyweight champion, Adriana Marais. Uh, and that means you will have not fought in 2020. Now, you were supposed to fight in April, but of course, everything shut down and uh, everything got delayed. So how would you describe this year? I mean, here you are still in your prime, still the man, and you didn't get the fight. You weren't injured. What was this year like for you? Very interesting. Obviously, you know, with the, the pandemic, uh, me and the wife just had to keep the kids home from homeschool. So we're doing that. I actually just got done finishing uh, a Zoom call. And I also taught science today about trees, the difference between a deciduous tree and an evergreen tree, <laughs> and, and explain that to the children. Um, Tyron was about uh, an animal in a hat, about adjectives, verbs, all types of stuff. So I'm, I'm doing that. And with the gyms being shut down as well, 
Um, we just went back on lockdown here in Washington state. So it, it's just been interesting, but the one thing I will say it, it's done for me, it's kind of given me a glimpse of what like kind of my retirement would be like, you hear a lot of athletes saying like, man, I need to fight. I, I, I need, I need, I need it. I don't need it, but I like to work out. Like I like to stress, put stress on my body. Right. Um, do I miss getting, you know, the bumps and bruises and after fight having, you know, ligaments torn, all that stuff. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? So it kind of gave me a glimpse into like what time is going to be like, be around my children, be around my wife all the time, still working out. Cause I, I stayed in shape. I, I kept a healthy lifestyle, but you know, it was out of my control and the best way to look at stuff that's out of control is just, you know, adapt to life, adapt to what this could be the new normal where you could potentially never fight again. Or in five years, when you do retire from fighting, you'll be like, you know, chilling like, like Daniel Cormier. I'm sure he's, he's at that point now in his, in his life. He was like, I don't care about fighting anymore. He goes, I just care about creating content and finding the next thing that's going to, you know, keep me excited. So I saw you say in an interview recently that, you know, who knows, maybe COVID could end my career, that I may never fight again. Was there a point where you thought that this might be it? Well, not not that it, it's going to be it. I just said that all it takes is one thing to, like, cancel something, right? I mean, you look at basketball, you look at baseball, you look at all the sports. Before, before sports started happening again, right? Who's to say – in 2021, in fall, a brand new strand of COVID-21 comes out that it's just a little bit different. And then next thing you know, everything gets shut down again. Mm. I'm, just, I'm just saying, right? Right, right? And next thing you know, it's like, oh, another year you can't fight. Then I'm 36. And then I'm just saying, like, this was like a shell shock to everybody in the world. And like, for me, when I saw this happen, I was like, well, I mean, what the fuck says that COVID 2022 is going to happen? I want to go in the fight. That's what I was like getting at. Like anything okay. can happen in, in the world. So for me, I was like, then somebody was like, dude, you're such a dumbass. What says you drive a car and you get hit? Duh. I mean, it's chances. But that was just, that was kind of like the mindset I had. I was like, well, this could be a potential that I can never fight again because who's to say that another, you know, world pandemic can happen. And, they're going to shut down sports again. You know, it's, it, it's just something that could happen. I mean, look, I didn't fight for one year and I'm 30, I was 30, 34 years old, young and healthy. It just, it's just part of life. It happens. So one has been putting on events the last few months. Why didn't you come back sooner? Um, because there is, so when one championship was doing events uh, earlier, they were doing it all in Thailand, which is all the athletes who were, were on the card lived in thailand right okay. so international traveling was so down uh, one chapter operates in asia which is singapore manila japan etc so now that that's why i didn't you know compete in those times because they weren't allowing american athletes to go over to asia okay uh, now you were in singapore for the one championship apprentice taping yes is this like the apprentice like from back in the day with donald trump yeah 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 it, it, it's basically um one championship spin on uh, one apprentice. So the contestants will be doing a whole bunch of things, not just uh, business wise, but obviously physical. Um, and it was fun. I ha had a good time uh, filming. So, so are you like one of the judges or a contestant? I I'm just, I I'm just a guest. I'm a, a guest. guest. Okay. And is it about the fight game or has nothing to do with the fight game? I can't, I can't, I can't, be okay. giving, I can't be giving um, all the juice. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Damn. Was this the thing that GSP was at too? This uh, GSP was part of it as well. Um, Sage Northcutt, Angela Lee, uh, okay. a lot of a lot of great athletes. That's yes. Okay. Uh, by the way, speaking of GSP, you know both of you have come up a lot as of late with Habib retiring, and mm -hmm. I get the sense. Correct me if I'm wrong. You feel uncomfortable about all this goat talk. Like you don't really like it. You you don't, you don't want. You know you appreciate it, but it's not like your bag. It's not something you're not going to put out a video campaigning for yourself. Things like that. Am I am I right? Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. The, the reason why I'm that way is because I feel like it, it has to be something the community says you are, right? Like, I just feel like if somebody says that I'm the greatest of all time, then I just feel like you're doing everybody else a disservice. Like, you're, you're not crediting everybody else's ability, what they have achieved in their career. And I've never been that type of athlete. Like, I will say that I'm one of the best to ever do it. Like, I would definitely argue that. Like, you know, I might not be you know better than john jones or you know gsp but i was like you know when it comes to like what i've achieved in my career and what i've done and what i can do i would say i'm, I'm one of the best to do it like if my kids like that you know how good were you in your career I'm like i was one of the best to ever do it and they're like what do you mean i'm like well as a flyweight you know etc et I'll, I'll name all my accolades but when it comes to like the greatest of all time there's just 
there's just so many great athletes to compare ourselves to. And that's why I just think because everybody has their own opinion. Did you, did you say though, that you would vote for John if asked? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. So somebody told me like, why would you vote for John? And I was like, cause I believe he can beat everybody light heavyweight. And I think I truly believe he beat everybody heavyweight. I mean, don't get me wrong. Now, if I was John Joe Sykes, I'll probably fuck him up because I knew, I, I know mentally and physically and skillfully, I would push him. Like I would, I, I, I pushed people before and I would, I know I would push him. But wait a second. The whole pound for pound discussion is if everyone is the same weight, who's the man? <laughs> you just said you would beat John Jones. That means you think you're the man. I mean, that's the discussion right there. No, but I said I will go out and I'm pushing. Doesn't mean I'm going to win the fight. Okay. Okay. I'm saying like if I was the same size as him and I have all my attributes I have now, my mental capacity, my discipline, my, my skill set, I know I will go in there and I will push him. Then everybody else would say, of course, DJ, I, I would do the same thing. I don't know. I've, I've proven my fights. Like when I'm down, I'm going to push. Like I'm going to try to get it done. What do you mean by push though? Like what, what are the holes that you see in his game when you watch him? No, 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 no. Not, not holes in his game. I'm just saying like when you get in a fight with somebody, right? You don't get to exploit their holes, right? So when the last, like he said, he just came on the interview and said that he was never afraid. He was never, he never felt like he was in danger when he fought his recent opponent, right? It's because I feel like nobody went after him. Like, no, I'm going to fucking push it. Like, we're going to stand up. I'm going to wrestle you. I'm going to grapple you. I can do all those things. Uh, what's homeboy who uh, everybody thought he won? Dominic Reyes? Dominic Reyes. He can't wrestle. He didn't wrestle. The, you know, he doesn't have my wrestling pedigree, right? He doesn't have the skill set I have. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, I know if I were his size, I would be wrestling the hell out of him. I would strike him. I would clinch him, mm. which I've just, I've shown that I, had, I can do when I fight. Like if I fight a striker, I can wrestle. If I fight a grappler, I can grapple. You know, I've just shown I can do it all. Do you think Habib comes back though? You know, I like to believe Habib is a man of his word. And, that, and I, I, that's just me. Like if, if he was to come back, he comes back. But I believe he's like, you know, I believe he said, you know, I promised my mom and I, I said, this is the last one. So if he's a member's word, then I think he's done. But if he, you know, if he comes back, I'm not going to be pissed off that he's like, you went back on your word, but no. you know, I believe he's a man of his word. Okay. Now, of course, one of the main reasons, and you know, this, you will always be the face of the flyweights to me, right? You put that division on the map. Uh, you help make the division. You carried it for so many years. And so I think of you a lot now, especially as we approach this Davis and Figueredo fight. Mm -hmm. And so first, can I ask, because I've never asked you about him because this all just happened this year. What do you think of Davis and Figueredo? Are you impressed by him? Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's got the, the first time I seen a fight, the biggest thing I was impressed by him is that he's a big flyweight. Like he gets, he's big. Uh, he has lots of power. And then in his recent fights, uh, when he fought uh, Alex Perez, uh, he has a good he has a good submission uh, game, and he's a good scrambler. Um, and I th I think he's good. I think as long as he stays healthy, makes weight every single time, and no injuries, I think he'd be a fight, uh, the champion for a long time. Are you surprised that he's doing so well? Like, was this a no. guy that you had heard about and expected this? No, not at all. I don't, I, I don't expect anything. I, I, I don't, right. you know, expect anything to happen. Um, and I'm not surprised that he's as good. Um, so, so I said recently that in reality, and we could kind of debate this all day long, but you can make a strong case. Figueredo is the guy who actually saved the flyweights in the end, because there's no question anymore about them killing the division. He's headlining two shows back to back, pay-per-views back to back. Cejudo did a great thing against Dillashaw, but then he left. He never came back. Like he just kind of left them hanging. Cejudo didn't like that statement. He came out and called me all kinds of names and whatnot. As an outsider now, and as someone who helped build the division, don't you think that there's a case to be made that Figueredo, by what he is doing now, finishing guys with the flash, with the flair, with the power, this is actually saving a division, right? Not one guy who wins a fight and then leaves. Yeah, I mean, you look at what I did in my career. I did the same thing. I knocked guy. I knocked Joseph Benavidez out, you know, in the first round. I've thrown people up in the fucking air and armbarred them. And I've done last-minute submissions. I've had back-to-back -back wars with John Dotson the first time, and the second time blew him out the water. Flying knee gets Chris Kraus. So I've I've done all those things um in my career right so i think at the end of the day it's going to come down to it's not about how flashy he's going to be it's going to come down to is he selling five hundred thousand pay-per-views is he selling you know is he selling gates i hope he is like i want the the public i want the world to appreciate what 
you know, us athletes do for a living. And so I don't want, I don't want me to say that he's saving the flyweight division by going out there, uh, whooping ass. Cause that's, that's expected of us. Right. I think when it comes to that word saving is, is it marketable? Is it going to sell X, Y, and Z and pay-per-views? Right. That's, that's, that's what I was saying. Hmm. And, and by the way, I want to be clear. I'm not saying you didn't do those things, but then there was a gap, right? When you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, I didn't want to say that I, I wouldn't put a word in your mouth saying that I didn't do those things. I'm saying that I did all those things and people said, I destroyed the division, right? Uh, Where it's like, last yeah. time I checked, my, my contract says go out there and, and, and kick ass and chew bubble gum. And right. that's what I did. And you guys say, I killed the fight with division, right? Himishu Hudo did the exact same thing. He knocks out TJ Dillashaw. He beats Dominic Cruz. And then, t- and then to Himishu was pretty, he was like, what's the point of me keep on fighting when people are going to try to make a name off me? Like, if you show me the money, then I'll fight more. I totally understand where he's coming from. And then now you have Figueredo, who's doing everything, everything. He's finished people. He's knocking them out. And some people are like, I just don't like small guys. I don't like to watch small guys fight. Like, I just don't care about it. So then people are like, you know, after six fights, let's say he goes on a six-fight win streak and he nobody challenges him. Then everybody's like, mm, he's always going to win. So what's the point of watching him? I'm not going to pay. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I think his skill set is phenomenal. Now, will it translate over to him being – selling 700,000 pay-per-views. I have no idea. And right. I don't know what it means to save a division in a business standpoint in their eyes. That makes sense. Will you go out of your way to watch the flyway title fights? Like, will you watch on Saturday? Did you watch a couple of weeks ago? Um, if I, if I am available, so I'm not going to set. I'm actually going to some friend's house. So I probably won't be watching it live. I'll sure. I can saw highlights. Okay. Do you, do you know about Brandon Moreno? Yeah, he was on the Ultimate Fighter. He was on yeah. uh, was he on Joseph's team or was he on um what's his name? Uh Henry Sudo's team. I can't remember. But yeah, he he's a great guy. Um who wins in your opinion? <sighs> Man, it's gonna be a tough fight because I think the biggest thing Figueredo has going for him is that he's big, he's long, he's well-rounded, and he hits hard. Um it was funny. I, I actually when I watched that one fight when he fought Alex Perez, once he felt Alex Perez's power, he was like it's nothing. I'm going to go for it. And then that's when he just started ranging. Same thing with Joseph. When we fought Joseph the first time and he dropped Joseph, I was like, Ooh, that's a bad matchup for Joseph. And then when Joseph's going to fight him the second time, I was like, I don't think it's going to be worse because he knows that he's like, Joseph can't hurt me. And when you can't hurt somebody and you can't out grapple them or out athleticism, it's going to be a bad night for you. And then it showed in the second fight is Joseph. So with that being said, I, I don't, it's going to be a tough fight. Who knows? I mean, we'll see. He told me earlier that he fights at around 146, 143, 145, somewhere in that range. What's the biggest you have fought at at, at flyweight? At flyweight? Yeah. Like how much weight uh, will you typically gain in, in 36 hours? So it's different, right? So here's an example. Like I'll, I'll walk around about when I'm in training. I woke up this morning at 141.2. I'm not really in full-blown training camp. So when I get in full-blown training camp, like, Two days, I'll walk around like 138, and then oh, this is now, and I fight at 135, so I only cut like three right. pounds, and then I blow back. But when I fight in uh, UFC, same thing, and then I'll blow back up to 140, 141, but that's all water, hydration, food, and then the next day after my fight, I'll drop back down to 135. Okay, interesting. Um, so he's, he's so he's definitely. I mean, even like Cody, when I talked to Cody No Love, he said he's when he, the reason why he was going down to 125, so he's like. I'm, I'm small. Like I can't blow back up like these guys can, you know? So you think he'll be able to do it? Who Cody? Yeah. I think so. Why not? I mean, it's not like he's bulky. It's not like he's sh- like fucking like big muscles or whatever. I think he can do it. It all depends. You know, if he wants to go to that, I'll tell you what, I'm not coming back to 125. I'll tell you that right now. You'll never fight at 125 again. No. Why? It's too much. Wor- it's not too much work, but like, I feel like my body works better just natural, right? Like, I, I mean, if I'm walking on 138 pounds and I have to, and I have no fat on me, I'm shredded as is right now. And to cut down to 125, it's just not healthy for the, the liver. I'm getting older now. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. And, and I want to make clear for people because they might be confused by this. Even though you're fighting for the one flyweight championship, flyweight at one is 135. So they might be thinking, yes. what the hell are we talking about here? So you'll never yeah. fight at 125 again. That's, that's an amazing statement considering you're the greatest flyweight of all time. Um, by the way, how many fights do you have left on that one contract? 
Um, uh, I got a lot. I'll, I'll, I'm going to retire one championship. I'm not, I'm not coming back to, uh, this is my last stop. Okay. So more than five. Don't worry about it, Ariel. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, that's, that's a big statement. Never again. What, what, what if you, the, the, the hardest thing this, I have to say, the hardest thing is that being a father and going through and just putting myself at that, just that bare every single time I've ever cut weight to 125. I've always done it on my own. I never hired a nutritionist. I've never done that, but I've done all my, my, you know, my, my knowledge and my reading to understand how to get my body on there. And I never miss weight, right? Like there's times I cut eight and a half pounds, you know, the, the day of weigh-in. So wow. for me, it's like just to suck all that weight down and then blow back up and then go back down. It's it just, you know, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm just like, dude, I'm 5'3". I walk around 138, 138 to 140 pounds, and I'm fighting at 135. If you beat me because you're fucking once, you know, you you blew back up to 155, good. But I'm sure my skill set's still better than yours. Like, that's where the mindset I'm at right now. It's like, you know. Okay. Uh, that is fascinating to me. By the way, also fascinating. I want to congratulate you on this. Congratulations <laughs> on the MMA bobblehead. I just got one limited edition, only 500. I can see your tonsils in here. Do you have one in your possession? I It's in my basement already in my okay. collection. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, this is an honor, right? This is a pretty damn yeah. cool thing. It is. I mean, when he said that, uh, when I heard that athletes would turn it down, I'm like, why would athletes turn down the opportunity to have themselves sculpted, right? And I'm right. like, maybe it's maybe it's financials. Maybe they want to more slices. I, I have no idea. But for me, it's like it's an opportunity. It's limited edition. The fans out there who are collectors, they can get their hands on it if they're able to. Yeah, and I, I love it. It's, it's great detail. MMABobblehead.com. Last thing for you, DJ, because I know you have to run. I feel, and especially like even with the announcement of your return last week, I feel like over time, I can't equate it to a band. None comes to mind. I'm not a big music guy. I feel like you're being more appreciated as time goes on. And 10 years after you're done, we will talk about you way more fondly than we did when you were fighting actively, especially in the UFC. Are you sensing that as well? I feel like people are starting to miss you and appreciate you more than a few years ago. I think so. I, I think you're starting to see it a lot. I, I see it more now than I ever did. Um, and I don't know what's from, cause I'm still doing the same thing I did when I was in the UFC or, or in the beginning of my career. Right. I mean, mm. like I said, I'm always going to be the type of athlete who's going to train extremely hard. I'm never going to trash talk and whether I win or lose my, my fights, I'm always going to carry a positive attitude and you either love me or hate me. You know, I mean, I always love it when people are like, man, he was born. And then somebody goes, you, you realize he literally threw a motherfucker in the air and, and armbarred him. Do you really realize yeah. that? And he goes, Hmm, whatever. I didn't like that submission. It's like people are going to always find negative things to say. And I'm like, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to keep on doing me. Amen. DJ, great to talk to you. All the best to you and your family. Uh, happy holidays and good luck in training for February 24th. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. So again, you can catch that entire conversation on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. You can also check out my full conversation with Kevin Lee and Davison Figueredo slash Valid Ishmael, the greatest one-two punch in MMA right now. And uh, Mighty Mouse himself, we got a lot of great things going on over there. A lot of great things going on in the sport of MMA these days. Like I said, UFC 256, it all goes down this Saturday on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Really curious to see how Figueredo looks. Remember, Figueredo hasn't left. He's been in Vegas this whole time. Moreno got to go home. Moreno got to be with his family. He got to go back to Tijuana. And so, you know, Figueredo feeling himself a little bit these days. Is he is he a little too confident? you know, on the verge of maybe winning the male fighter of the year award. If he goes 4-0 this year, that would be huge. So really curious to see how he looks in this fight. He's a, a very fun fighter to watch. He's become must-see TV for me. Curious to see how Tony Ferguson looks against Charles Oliveira. Big fight for Ferguson coming off the loss to Justin Gaethje back in May. Hanato Moicano against Rafael Fazayev is a great fight. 
as well. We got Kevin Holland returning against Jacare Souza, Junior Dos Santos against Surreal Gun, Cub Swanson against Daniel Pineda, uh, Mackenzie Dern fighting on this card, Tisha Torres on this card. Again, something for everyone. Chase Hooper returning as well in his first fight since his uh, his first loss in the UFC and his first pro loss as well. So that all goes down on Saturday. The uh, main card begins at 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. But as always, it isn't just the UFC on Saturday. ton going on in MMA. Most notably, this Thursday, we have the return of one of the faces of Bellator, Alima Le McFarlane, the Bellator flyweight champion, the 125-pound champion for Bellator's uh, women's divisions. And uh, she's, in my opinion, one of their faces, 11-0, a great fighter, doesn't get a lot of attention, uh, hasn't fought in about a year, going up against Juliana Velasquez, who's 10-0. So this is a big-time fight. Also, uh, the debut of Magomed Magomedov, who is 16-1 and one, and, by the way, has a win over one Piotr Jan. He's debuting for Bellator. So that all goes down on Thursday. Cage Warriors putting on three shows. Uh, Cage Warriors 117, 118, 119. So a lot going on there. One championship is back as well. No rest when you're watching and covering MMA. So stay tuned for all of that. Also, please do continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review. It's the only thing we ask of you. It's very important to all of us. People pay attention to these things. It's huge for our little shows here. So thank you very much in advance for that. And shout out to Whiskey Belly, who left this review. Love this show, he says. Ariel and DC1, Booker T, and that Jabron, Pat McAfee, Ha <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Whiskey Belly. I agree with you. I would argue it's probably three to zero at this point. But yes, that was quite the verbal beatdown last Friday on Pat McAfee's Rinky Dink show. And I can assure you, if they test me again, there'll be plenty more to come. For now, though, we are out of time. Enjoy the fights this weekend, my friends. We've got more coverage coming your way regarding UFC 256. So keep it locked. Back next week, same time and place. Tell us that pace. I'm out of here. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.